Welcome to the Wisdom School, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Here you'll find selected readings from ancient texts, clips from the In Search of Wisdom podcast, and meditations on the art of living. To learn more and subscribe to our daily newsletter, visit perennial.substack.com. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, as I was just mentioning mentioning before we hit record, really enjoyed your new book that just came out, Astonished by the Word. And before we get into to this particular book, uh, which is going to be the topic of our conversation today, I'm curious about, maybe broadly speaking, the word deep, which is uh, in the subtitle of this book. It's in the title of your podcast, Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations, in the title of a a coaching program that you offer. What does this word deep mean to you? Yeah, it it does show up an awful lot. So, uh, and and obviously it it means something probably beyond what I can even describe because it's it's coming off at the almost Freudian slip unconscious level there, I think, because I use it continuously. I guess what it it means is, as I've looked back over over my life, you know, in many ways things went really well for me for most of my life. I did have the the real just difficult season that I went through twelve years ago, and then kind of rebooted. And I suppose I thought I was deep back on the other side of that, the whole mess. And so, deep to me is kind of what happens. To what you do with your life after you think you already sort of know a lot of stuff and you realize that you really didn't know half of what you knew. And so at some level, deep is choosing to move past superficiality and to own one's whole life, the good parts and the bad parts. Hmm. I'm I'm curious, like as we, you know, typically thinking about listeners, readers, like et cetera, you know, is there is there something important about recognizing the opportunity to go deeper? Like is it an infinite thing that there's an opportunity there, or is that not how you think about it? No, no, I, I literally do think of it as as infinite. Uh basically where where I where I am, and this is where my Christian faith directly comes into this. Um, the God who I believe in, the, the God I mean, who that I think the Scriptures reveal uh, is uh, at God's core, and the Scriptures do teach this um, love. And by definition, God is infinite beyond all understanding. So our greatest thoughts, our best theology, it's just scratching the surface on who God is. But the one thing we do know is that God is love. And uh, as a a correlation to that or um, an implication of that in the scriptures is teach it. Like our response back to this infinite God of love is to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So. When I think about deep, at, you know, at all, at any point, you can, like most people really aren't going to disagree with that affirmation. We should love. They might not say you should love God, but no one's going to disagree. Love your neighbor as yourself, except 
actually truly evil people would, would push back on that. But, well, you know, what does it mean, right? So how do you model yourself after something that's infinite? Uh, well, obviously, that's impossible as a finite person. And even in all eternity, I just imagine that being in this life that we get a taste of now is like I live in Florida. Uh, well, you in Georgia, you're not too far from from the ocean. I mean, we can go to the ocean. But to me, that's the metaphor. Um, you know, most of us live our whole life on the shore or maybe on the beach. But God's inviting us to get in the water. And, you know, getting in the water, literally, you can just step down to the shore and then let the, get in deep enough that the waves just kind of get in and out by how the waves go. But if you keep moving into the ocean, eventually, you're going to get to the point where you, you're going to go under. And to me, that's the deep surrender that God invites us to. A life of faith is just getting in the ocean. But I think God wants us to go deeper. And so I just imagine my the rest of my existence, whatever that means, as a on this side of eternity and if there is an afterlife which i do believe there is and on that that i'm literally just going to be going deeper and deeper in this ocean of love um and that you know my job basically now and you know to make this take its out illustration then is how can i open up my mind my body my heart renewal nook and cranny to what god really wants to bring in me which is a deep surrender to love um and so when i think of deep i'm just trying to share with other people the ideas the questions i've asked myself the things that i've experienced the practices and spiritual exercises if you will that i think have helped me to grow way past where I, when I was younger, would have ever thought was possible. And again, the trick with that at the same time is a caveat. Um, I'm a Methodist, and in our heritage, we have this um, doctrine called uh, holiness of heart and life. It's the idea that you can fully surrender to God, and we use this language of perfected in love. But what I've noticed is the more I've opened myself up, you know, I used to think of myself, um, this is sounds kind of badly, but I'll just say, I used to think of myself as, you know, maybe I really was living a holy life, but I've noticed as I've done all these practices that I probably am living better than I ever have, but we, of course, let everybody that knows me affirm or deny that. Uh, so, uh, while simultaneously, I feel dirtier than I used to be, and I'm not confessing sins here but it's that idea as you approach infinity you'll always need the grace that comes from infinity and that's you know i believe god is is that source so i don't know if that connects resonates but that that's 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 how i would think about mm. eternity growth and what this whole deep adventure is all about nice you you brought us in the in the deep waters there um seven seven minutes in i, I love it it's a, a beautiful thing and i, I want to maybe come back in a few moments to this uh, like deep surrender to love and you're talking about opening um but you you mentioned briefly that augustine quote that that maybe uh inspired or you know kind of starts off the book could you say a bit more about that that opening passage of the book yeah, and it comes from 
uh, a little book that Augustine wrote. We use it at, at the at the seminary. The, theo- the theology department uses it, so I picked up a copy. It's either called On Christian Teaching or On Christian Doctrine in English. You can find both titles because it's um, you know, it would have been written in Latin, so it's just um, how you translate. So, but it's a book on that Augustine's teaching. He was a rhetor- He was a, a master of rhetoric. So he was. It's his book where he sort of talks talks about a lot of things. Um, it's kind of a rambling book, but he he's trying to talk about what it means to actually read scripture and interpret it. He was a bishop around 400 um, AD, and he kind of been. He says this. Like, he comes back to this a couple of different times, but he basically gives this one line. It's like a like a tweet. If you're going to say the whole book and his the the, the statement, and this does open my books. It's the frame. It's so anyone who thinks he has understood the divine scriptures or any part of them, but cannot by his understanding build up this double love of God and neighbor has not yet succeeded in understanding them. So it's back to the love God, the love neighbor, the two great commandments. And he's offering that as a check. If you've not done with any part of the Bible unless you really get how this text would help you to love God and love your neighbor uh, more profoundly. Seems to be so important in the way of, um, like, uh, as you know, with the name of this podcast and the listeners know in the way of some sort of search for wisdom or whatever it may be, embarking on a particular path, you don't always, and I'm speaking from from my own experience that you don't always connect it with growing in this double love. You know, we don't always think about uh, like self-improvement or like whatever it may be, even the search, search for wisdom, becoming wiser in, in that way. Um, like what, why do you think that why do you think that is? Because it makes sense when you say it. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a strange, strange thing, like the the self improvement thing or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, and to me, that's the fun part of the book. A little bit, it's that at some level, it kind of seems obvious. But then, if and one of the reasons I wrote this book was there's so many divisions and fights just among Christians. Let alone we start throwing Democrats from Republicans and stuff in the same room. So you know, so it's like if Christians, you know, a lot of times when you think of like we use the word, use the word evangelical, for example, that's going to raise all kinds of flags for folks. It used to mean one thing. Now it kind of means people to vote a certain way, or um, you know, and so you have this just these obvious divisions and you're and so you're thinking like okay it seems obvious that and i would say most religious texts would kind of push sort of in the same direction I'm not trying to equate all religions but at some level you think okay love god love neighbor okay duh that seems so basic so the way to answer your question is is, is and i try to flip it in the book um without getting too arcane but the idea is the and this might be the backwards way of answering your question. The reason that we don't always think about it is because if you want that, you have to open up to the possibility that you actually don't love God or love your neighbor. Um, mm. Or it's really subtle and you, maybe you think you do, but 
you know, you get 50 people around and they're suddenly saying stuff about you because you have all these blind spots. So my book, this book is really about, okay, here's an obvious growth path that it's, if somebody lived that way, no, there'd be no objections because who wouldn't want to be around somebody that literally, you know, believes in something bigger than themselves. You know, I'm not, and I'm not talking about firing up an inquisition because of that, but like literally you just, you know, that you're accountable beyond yourself and that your life is about treating other people with the same amount of love that you could have for yourself. I mean, that would be a beautiful world, I think, if we live there. So the only reason that doesn't exist then, and like I'll start with myself, this book was about the own, my own inner work on myself. It's like, okay, so if I'm going to say I'm going to love God more, so then that means I need to explore through, in this case, through the reading of the biblical text. I mean, you can also use contemplative things like centering prayer to get at some of the same things too. I need to explore those parts of my life that I really am not fully loving God, meaning I have mixed loyalties. Uh, so like the opposite of loving God isn't hating God. It's making God or, or de-elevating God so that there's a whole bunch of other gods and you just basically you're aligned with the God of the Bible, but then a million other things. And it's the same with loving your neighbor as yourself. I don't even get into the self-love part too much in my book, but to ponder loving your neighbor, you have to um, open yourself up. How do I, as an individual human, what are ways that I actually consciously and maybe unconsciously uh, practice injustice towards other people? And, you know, and, you know, frankly, I mean, those are the kind of conversations who really wants to know that stuff about yourself, right? So it's, uh, so that's how yeah. I kind of answer. It's almost painful on some level to know the truth about yourself. You know, it's, there's good things, of course, but it's that, it's those little hard edges. And this book is basically about how do I have the courage to read the Bible as a means of showing me beautiful things about myself, but also showing me the places where we need to invite God. To come in and you know sand polish off those rough rough edges, so I really am the person that God created me to be, desires me to be. Um, yeah, and I can live like that, you know. And I always just say like most of the time because we're not talking about perfection. That's probably not possible. Thank you for listening to this clip from the In Search of Wisdom podcast. I hope you found something useful for daily life. Listen to new episodes of In Search of Wisdom every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. For those interested in more tools for the art of living, consider subscribing to Perennial Meditations on Substack. Until next time, be wise and be well.